him. Two movies enter, one movie leaves as we watch two. The Clubs, one, a 1980s uh, Australian football film, and the other one, a Canadian prom film. All oh, today's that can be only one movie. Welcome to the There Can Be Only One podcast where we watch two movies and Herman makes a shit ton of noise while we do it. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. That have nothing to do with each other, but uh, they decide to have the same name and we're going to rectify that. My name is Robert Rao and joining me today is the noisy Herman Omega Prime Davis. If you look on uh, IMDb, which I'm sure many people just peruse because that's just uh, a great feature to have when you're bored, uh, there are a ton of the clubs that come up. There are plenty of short movies that are called The Club, but there's also long films, and uh, there was actually a bunch of them that are available right now on Amazon Prime, which makes it really hard to find the ones that you want to watch uh, specifically, unless you go from another service that, that brings you, like IMDb does. Uh, there was uh, several that popped up recently, thanks to uh, Amazon Prime, that made it think, made me think, hey, maybe this would be a good, uh, good choice between the two. So I found uh, two of the... Uh, the club films, and we decided to watch both of these. Both of these do not have trailers available on YouTube, so we might just as well go straight into the discussion of this, and I don't have to do any video edits except for the the front part, uh, where I I get to uh, uh, chop up Herman's bonsai tree. No, notice. No, just move it to the move it to the back because yeah. Do you not listen to the podcasts that that are created? I kind of stopped. (laughs) <laughs> I used to. I haven't listened in a while. Oh no, we lost one of our listeners. How do we get him back, folks? <laughs> How, what what uh, what do I need to sell him on? He's on it like a couple of sentences every uh, on each one of these things. I only like dominate the conversation for about twenty minutes. I don't know what you're talking about 20 here. Twenty minutes. We do a we do a fifty minute show, and I think you dominate the conversation about forty minutes. I do. <laughs> But for stretches, 20 minutes. That's all I'm saying here. Okay. It's not just like one part of the conversation. Occasionally, I have to drink or take a <laughs> breath, and then Herman somehow sometimes finds his way onto this, and I'm like, ugh, Jesus. Way to bring my, it down, Herman. Thoughts, my, I don't know. I go sidetrack a lot, I notice. Like, I just start bringing up This things. is not helping. The tree <laughs> is not helping because you're just picking at the tree well, now. I, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a fencois, fencois. I'm trying to get it simple street. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying You're to, trying to do what? I'm trying to get it fencois. Am I saying it right? Sure. Fencois. I'm not correcting you. Okay. I don't know why anybody I'm else is not y- yelling in their computer right now. <laughs> oh, people, the correct thing to say. Oh, but people re- always correct me on my words. Sure. It was funny is I know what I'm trying to say. But you're I can't not. Say you're it. not. You're just looking at things and gently <laughs> caressing the various Hallmark honorments. It looks so this good. Is, this is the culmination of at least like ten Christmases, if not more. So this is your Christmas tree now. It, this is a Christmas tree. This is the one that I just didn't bring into the back. Uh, the the other one has also a whole bunch of Star Wars ornaments on it as well. Occasionally, some other ones get thrown into it. Uh, the uh, the best thing that I have on there is that Avengers Assemble thing that I've got. Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, you can create like one big ornament out of it by putting to putting them together. Unfortunately, okay, uh, one of the one about. of the ornaments is broken. It's out there on the on the table over there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it just like fell off one day. I'm gonna start buying you some Star Trek ornaments. I have a star. I have a couple of Star Trek ornaments. I have a Romulan ship. Mm-hmm. 
and I have a little thing that says Star Wars on it. I mean, Star Trek, excuse me. <laughs> yes, it has Star Trek, but the Trek is scratched on it. It's Star Wars. Yeah, it says Star oh, no. Trek, and it has uh, uh, just like this, uh, the Enterprise. It looks like a stamp on it. That's basically... Those are the two I got from uh, from from Hallmark for my mom. She she used to work there. I think I've told you this. Yes, you did. Yes. And she would get a discount on these things and would uh, ask me if I'd want them. And every year I reluctantly said, okay, fine. Because there were things on it that looked interesting enough to where I was like, sure, I'll take it. And, it, and I developed enough of a collection to where I have two trees, a big tree and a small tree. And if I wanted to, could have two other trees if I wanted. <laughs> because that is how many ornaments I get from these uh, or I've had from these. And this is uh, still like a three or four year dry stretch of none of the uh, no Hallmark ornaments because my mom hasn't worked there and she doesn't go back there because <laughs> Wow was she? Yeah, like you don't get the discount now, so there's yeah. no point. Uh, yeah. but anyway, so uh, the of the two the clubs that we watched, the first one we watched was uh, took place in nineteen eighty in Australia and involved Australian rules football. Yeah. Have you watched either regular uh, not, uh, like rugby or just um, uh, Australian rules rugby. I meant rugby, and I, it yeah. says football club no, no, on you're it. You're right. Uh, I watched a lot of rugby, uh, especially on ESPN uh, back in the '90s and stuff when I was just bored and had nothing else to do. And yeah. I actually like rugby. Rugby is is close to the game. Me and my friends used to play. Uh, you know, uh, what's what we used to uh, catch up football where you just throw the ball in the in the air. Whoever catches got to run from sideline to sideline and. We playing with no pads, so that was like really close to rugby because you know you you hit people, but you didn't want to like hurt yourself and hurt the other person because you know you're ten, eleven years old playing just tackle football with no shoulder pads or nothing. The rugby that's played on an international scale is not Australian rules. No, uh, uh, they they run into the goal. That that's this one you have to kick it through various posts, yeah. and it involved a lot more uh, forward laterals instead of backward laterals. Or just laterals, I think it's just what it's called. No laterals. You got the pass the the pass the ball the way we pass the ball is a no no. You had to got to um close, hit hit the ball fall with a clint with well, a close I'm just, fence. I'm, I'm just saying rugby in general. Oh, okay. Like if you you had to throw it behind you yeah, in order yeah. to lateral. Yeah. This one you you just you hit it like a volleyball. Yeah. You uh you just kind of pump it with one of the hands and you throw it forward. And if you run long distances, it looks like you got to bounce it every once in a while. Every fifteen meters, you got to bounce the ball on the ground. Yeah, that 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 just looks stupid because because it's shaped like a football and those things don't bounce right. So mm-hmm. why why would you even want to try to bounce that to yourself? Well, I think it's a variation of um soccer, which you know Australia used to be an English colony. Um, and the Aussie Root football started like 1895 or something like that. Well, they definitely show yeah. that this has been going on for some time. Like, uh, one of the things that this film, like, hammers over your head is the stoic tradition of this club that yeah. has existed for years. And this is the, uh, the Yankees of this organization, or as we're going to put it, the Cleveland Indians of this organization. <laughs> because uh, these people have been around forever. Like, this this club has been around forever. Mm-hmm. And they have done something that they normally do not do, and it has caused uh, huge distress within the clubhouse. They, they've they gone out of their way. The The guy that owned the or was the president of this decided he wanted to pick up, like, the hot new uh, guy that was in Tasmania. His name was Jeff. And they decide to pay him twenty grand a year to play football for him, and he's like, "I want another ten grand." And when everybody found out about that, they they were paying him that much money in order to play football or Australian rules football with him. Uh, they, there was a big divide that happened between uh, the, the 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 play all the players and management, and then 
Jeff and all the other players and so on and so forth. It was um, it, it, it's a way to create distress or a problem in a sports movie because we've seen our fair share of sports movies on this podcast. We've seen the program. Yes. We've seen the program. Yes. And that's about it. But yes. but but in, uh, the ones that work well. Uh, if, if, over the years, usually there's a problem that they have to overcome. The problem with the James Con the program is it's just it's just showing you one year. Yeah, it doesn't really show you much anything uh, uh, like something new that's popped up in this thing. This one, they're they're breaking with their normal tradition and trying to go outside of their means in order to elevate the club because the club hasn't won a championship in 19 years. Is that what they said? They have a good coach. They have a players' coach, like a coach that everybody. Uh, loves because he was a part of the organization. He kind of went up through the ranks, and uh, this is one of those uh, sports where you have to wear uh, the outfit, almost like uh, like in hot, uh, no, what's not uh, baseball. Baseball, they, you have to wear the outfit. So at first, it didn't look like he was really just a coach. Yeah, because he was actually at the beginning of the movie. There's a montage of them exercising and running, and he's actually out there running with them, like he's like he's playing. I thought yeah. he was a player. I thought he was like one of the old time, you know players other team but he's actually the coach and he just i guess by him being a former player he wants to show them that he can still mix it mix it up with them he knows he's not just coaching them but he actually knows what they're going through and how they're training right so uh you could tell who the players are on their side then you have management there's various forms you have the president's name's uh ted Mm -hmm. he's the guy that uh went through the organization but he wasn't a player so the players don't quite respect him as much as say uh, some, some of the other was it uh, Jock? Is that his name? Yeah, well, he, it's funny. The picture has two people on IMDb <laughs> for for this guy, so it's not sure. I wasn't sure which one it was, but Jock is the 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 guy that was like he's got the record for playing the most games yeah. there. He's the he's the old timey guy that uh, that played by the traditional rules, but he was. But also, he doesn't like the fact that he's not president because he he was he was uh, the the current coach Lori said like you can't be president so. Uh, this is definitely a movie that decided to stay away from the players when it comes to uh, a sports thing, but stuck stuck more with management. I don't think like there was a player other than Jeff that kind of stood out. Yeah, uh, Danny did the one a little the bit. Okay, a little bit, a little bit. Like he, yeah, he was the old. He was the player that was their star, but he's getting a little bit on on age. Tune and stuff, right? But he did. He was basically his roles were all right, guys. We're going to strike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he didn't. They like and they didn't go through like the um, the normal ragtag group of people where you have like the one guy that's always fighting. You have the one that uh, prefers to play tennis or something, or mm-hmm. you have the one that's like, oh, he's a sumo wrestler or something. You know, they they don't go through that. They're just a, a group of guys. And whenever you see any footage on uh, when they actually play the game, it reminded me a lot of the old NFL films that they would have where you would see the cold, frozen tundra of Rambo Field where it would be in slow motion. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of hitting each other in slow motion. And it's probably because when you, you see it in real time, they move kind of quick. And it's yeah. tough to catch some of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, good on them for slowing it down. This is uh, definitely one of those movies that wasn't big here. But was very big in Australia. Well, it was adapted from a stage play yes. that came out in 1977, and they greenlit it and made this movie three years later, 1980. Yeah. So it was a very popular stage play. The guys who actually played in it, the jock and another guy, he actually played in the movie too. I like this movie uh, because I did not know the difference between Aussie uh, rules football and rugby as I know it. 
And um, watching this movie made me actually like pick up the phone and try to figure out what, what the hell was going on and stuff. Story time. Story time by Robert. Rob's going to tell a story about this game. So uh, one time after uh, I believe it was one of our improv shows, we went out to Schlitz and Giggles off of uh, uh, near Acadian Thruway, like around uh, the Perkins. Yeah. And uh, they had Australian rules football playing on TV. And uh, because I'm a dick and have no, like, real recollection of what's going on, I uh, just was, like, screaming about uh, anything that was happening on TV. This was, like, 11 o'clock at night, so it was the only thing that would be playing on TV at the mm-hmm. time. But anytime something looked like remotely happened, I would just would go up and go, yeah, woo! And I'd high-five everybody, just, like, being a, a jerk sort of thing. Uh-huh. A group of guys came over to our table, and and this is this is a table that featured... Like Mike Honore, just, okay. just giving you an idea who's who's among the people on this table, went to me and said, hey, if you like football so much, we play every Saturday. We could really use you on our team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and afterwards, why did he look at me? Was J- James Brown wasn't there? Like, least, he may have been, but, but, he's tall but and... I was right next to Mike Honore. That, that, like, Even just... Seth? Seth wasn't there? Like. No, probably not. Oh. Seth, uh, more likely James Brown, but I doubt it. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, just the fact that they looked at me and was like, "Why?" Because <laughs> he was more enthusiastic about it. Are you trying to set up another like? Because per- I was enthusiastic, and they yeah. just want to beat the shit out of me on there. That's uh, that. That could possibly be. Well, it. Judging, judging by the way they play this game, I I, I like Mike Honore. I will I will take him in um, regular American football. Yeah, but Aussie rules Aussie rules football. No, Mike Honore would not. Well, you could tell if they if it took them forty five minutes to run wherever they're running, yeah. that means they probably ran like a ten k, almost yeah. almost a ten k, probably like five miles, depending on how far that they 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 ran something. But that's definitely more than like a five k what they ran because yeah. my normal running time, if I were to run on a treadmill, would take me about twenty five minutes to run a five k. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to uh, they were coming in in times so like forty five minutes, and it looked yeah, like my, they were not they were not dosy doing about so best in the ten k uh, was about fifty. Uh, 51 minutes when I was um really 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 trying to do it so I I think and I think they they was way better shape than I ever was so right I and uh and, and definitely like just because uh World Cup's coming on and they mentioned a lot that they the guys on the field run about 10 miles uh, like equivalent of 10 miles mm-hmm. during a game that's probably why they do it because they probably run the equivalent of like 10 miles when they play Aussie World Football yeah because the funny thing about it is I think they didn't change it now but the time especially back then for this time period mm-hmm. they did not have a time on the clock so they didn't know when the, they were going to stop and run and have time for breeders the only people who knew the time of the um the game was yeah, the, the referees. Yeah, the no, the referees. The coach didn't even know. The coach looked over the ref's shoulder. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> really? I got it. Okay. I know exactly right, what's happening. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, this. But you could tell that it was adapted by a play because they had very little football going on. Yeah. It was all about like the player interactions. They definitely had a lot of one-on-one conversations happening. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was the dynamic that Jeff was having with the coach. The coach was having with management, and the management having with uh, individual forms of management and or Jeff. Uh, there was a a great side conversation that really felt like it meant nothing, but at the time, it's it it it, it why it was in there. It, it just kind of flabbergasting where Jeff was uh, uh, releasing whatever was in his heart because there was a moment where at the beginning where Jock was mentioning that uh, the only way that you can get a player to get out of a slump is by 
having him to reveal his deepest, darkest secret. Yeah. And then you could figure it out. So he's there at his place saying, come on, Jeff, tell me what's what's up. And then Jeff mentions that his sister got into an accident, lost both of their legs from uh, from around the knee up, uh, like around that area. Um uh, like right, I think it was right below the knee, was or right no, above the knee. No, it looked like it was definitely above the knee amputation. But <laughs> he develops a relationship with his his sister, then develops a relationship with his mother. They the uh, the dad catches all three of them together and kills himself because of this. And the whole time, Jock's like, I don't know what to do with this information. And and you and even when he goes away, like they they sit on the camera whenever he goes <laughs> back to his car. You think Jeff's gonna like turn around? and like, man, I really, I can't believe he bought that. Like, they, like you, yeah. nothing does not happen. What's even funnier about that is, uh, I guess they wanted to show how flabbergasted Jock was about the whole thing. He takes a left, then you see him taking a right. Like he, <laughs> he fucked up where he, he thought he parked. He's like, no, I'm over here. He's like, I still can't get this shit out of my head, sort of thing. Then, then later, whenever the the uh, the the table has turned, sort of thing, and he feels like he's got all this information on Jeff, and he thinks he can play it on him. The other guy says. Dude doesn't have a sister. His dad's alive. They just had a 54th birthday. He's like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> just played him left like to right. Like, it, it sat on, that movie sat on that knowledge for 20 minutes, not letting the audience or anybody else know. And I thought that was genius, because usually, mm-hmm. maybe we're just programmed for these things. We expect to hear the punchline immediately, but they sat on that forever. Not not to say that it wouldn't, it wasn't or was true. Mm-hmm. The fact that they decide to sit on it. Uh, you can tell it wasn't true just because of the moment whenever he decides to pick up his sister to bring to the bed with the mom. And it's just a pillow <laughs> pillow with a mannequin head, basically. Yeah. that yeah. Like, like, when you saw that moment, you're like, oh, okay. Well, the, okay, we see where this is going. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the whole movie's all about uh, the, the, uh, the dynamic that you have with management. Management wanting to uh, get rid of the old... Uh, tradition and move in with the new and then the players like we want to stick to each other we i want to do what's right with my players sort of thing and um and this very much turns into uh major league like <laughs> as yeah. we're watching this it's like this is the plot of major league isn't it yeah. where where they want to uh have such a bad season that it requires them to fire everybody and have have go with their way of thinking uh, but the players are like, well, fuck you. And then they decide we're going to have like the best season ever. And the revelation that they decide to have this is with maybe seven minutes to go in the movie. Yeah. Like not long at all. And then you see the final match and it's not even like your typical final match that you see these days where like, oh, they're down at halftime. So he no. has to give like a big speech or whatever. No, they whooped their ass. Yeah, they basically did. Uh, <laughs> he says, we got to win like the last 12 out of 15 games. And then we got to win the championship. And the movie said, okay, that's yeah, what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> and what, what's funny was, uh, looking at some trivia of this movie, this was based on a true story where a team actually uh, pulled off, like, uh, a lot of wins at the end of the season yeah, to the get Cleveland to the championship. Indians, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but in the championship game, they got they got they lost by a margin margin score. Oh, okay. So th- this was a Hollywood ending. <laughs> well, the same the same thing can be said about a lot of like the uh, the movies that were based on the true stories. Like Friday Night Lights uh, was based on a true event that happened where their star running back fell to an mm-hmm. ACL tear. Uh, they didn't lose when they lost in the game. It was not like the finals that they lost in they the lost state in championship. The- it was like a semifinal that they yeah. lost. So they uh, they amped it up for the uh, for the movie because. Yeah. 
that's what movie uh, patrons expect but and they, they don't lost. care about. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember the player that the, the team that they lost to was actually the team that they lost to in the playoffs. That they lost the championship in the in the movie, and I forgot what player it was, but that, a player was on that high school team that the team lost to. And he was like, yeah, I'm glad they didn't change it, you know, because we really whooped their ass in that game. And yeah. I was like, damn, bro. Back in high school, bro, you ain't going to let it go? Yeah. And y'all won. Yeah, that player was Drew Brees. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I, I thought he was such a nice guy. Even though he doesn't know anything about diamonds and gold, I just thought he was a nice guy. No, but I enjoyed the um, – the backstory behind the um, seeing what happened in the front office, yeah, because it's a lot different from um, our American sports team front office, and seeing how why this movie should be called the club because it was very. It felt like in-house. it was at a yeah. club. Yeah. yeah, it felt like you were at uh, some country club that they just have a huge rugby field mm-hmm. in the backyard somewhere instead of golf. That's what they play. Like if you were to go to the country club in Louisiana. That's you, you'd expect a lot of those houses to look exactly the same. Like when we went over to uh, uh, the comedy show. Yeah, yeah, the comedy show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any any of those any of those places they they just look too rich for normal people. Like they built it to mm-hmm. to make it look like uh, they're exclusive. It definitely had that feel. Like it had that rich Corinthian leather going everywhere. Yeah, I pick up on that sometimes, and I'd be looking. I just be. I just be mad while driving down the street. Like, I don't speed through that because I'm so busy doing five miles an hour just looking at the house. I'm like, yeah. damn, man, this is some nice design. So even for 1980s Australia, this place looked so wanky. Uh-huh. And uh, and you definitely had that nice camaraderie with the, the fellas and then the, the people in management fighting with each other sort of thing. Uh, they, there was other side stories that they decided to throw in there, but nothing were that, that entirely interesting. But I, I like it because... Uh, this movie is so far away from all other uh, comeback story movies. It feels so different the way it's done that I'm fine with them just kind of glossing over details that you normally expect to see in these type of movies. Because mm-hmm. if this was filmed today, there wouldn't be seven minutes left whenever they decide to turn tables mm-hmm. and make it to where they're going to win everything. Uh, it would have uh, been more of a buildup. You would have spent. You would have seen them winning a lot more than mm-hmm. than what they showed. Maybe it's just because they didn't have enough footage for that sort of thing. Uh, but they decided to focus in more on the players, and it wasn't uh, as a as high a, of a, um, a peril for them during that whole time. They were just kind of dealing with life up until that point because it's it's rugby. You do and, with it whatever you do. And so. I don't know if it's because it's Australia. Uh, but I, I say r- it, rugby, football, whatever the hell. But so. also, I don't know because Australia, because it was 1980. But I just liked the, the political incorrectness in this movie compared to the time we're living in. Like the player Jock. Oh please, the player Jock. He <laughs> he, he said back in '39, a player got the best of him, the uh, opposing team. And he went home, and his wife was like, "Well, I guess Jimmy got the best of you." Say, I dumped the ones, and then when she uh, then when she calmed down, she came and apologized. I was like, "What? <laughs> Are you serious?" Sure. What? Yeah, that that's what you like about it. Oh man, no, I did not say that. No, I <laughs> yes, didn't did. like about it. I just I just say the way they talk, you know. Having <laughs> without having discussed the second film of the club, the, uh, we we could come up with other names, but I think they would all tie into Major League in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I I was thinking Premier League as as a way instead of uh, you know like uh, to make it different from. From uh, Major League, just because that's that was the name of what they called it. They called it Premier League. I was thinking Aussie Rules. Yeah, any, any of those any of those work fine, but really, uh, without giving too much away, 
uh, this is not the film we're changing the title of. Hey, <laughs> it's going to be the second movie. I think there is a trailer for the second movie, though. Is there? Yeah, I think Should so. Should we put it right here? Why is that not? what you're saying? Because yeah, I the, couldn't find it earlier. That's why is, I was. You have to go back in time, Mark, this uh, Anyway, I, don't, I think there is. No, I, I'd rather go through and try to describe this this okay, film. It is, it is a weird-ass film that is from... It gave the idea that it was uh, from Canada. But maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. I would think it was filmed there. It may have been filmed there, so so at the time can be considered Canadian. But there isn't any little hint. Other, I mean, it all takes place in one building anyway. A very nice building, by the way. Uh, wherever they filmed it, was it was a castle. It, yeah, it was a nice building. Uh, it was a castle. <laughs> yes, it was whatever it was. Um, so okay, it's prom night. It's uh, it's all seniors being like what they normally do. Uh, what, what, whatever you do during prom, yes, you have a DJ. Yes, you have you have people dancing on the dance floor. Yes, you have a comedian. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, we had um... this film at least did not have a band. Usually, whenever it gets to where we have a dance in one of these movies, uh, there's a band performing that has no business performing there. Like, you just need a guy hitting a, a play on a cassette tape, sort of thing. But. Uh, in this case, they, they just had a DJ because there's a moment where you see the record stop because time has stopped. Uh, but uh, at one point, you hear a guy doing comedy on stage. And being somebody that has performed at, at horrible events for no reason, this just falls underneath one of those times where I could see him saying, hey, this is a great idea. And then when he gets up on stage, like, this is a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. If you uh, perform in any sort of fashion, not just comedy, any any sort of thing where you're on stage, and they give you an event that you're not used to doing, you still do it anyway, because that's just what you do. <laughs> was, just giving you a little heads up I about was, that. I was listening to a podcast, Aka Sins. You ever heard of him as a comedian? I'm not sure. Okay. He said, he told a story about how him and his friend, his friend always opened for him and gave him 30 minutes, and he'd do the other 30 minutes so they get a solid hour after then. Right. But the people didn't tell him that they was performing for a kid's birthday party. Right. So his friend, like he said, as soon as his friend get up there, the kids just basically tore into his friend. And then he like, okay, he, his friend just tried to go through it. But then he, he listened to his friend's friends and start going to this, his closing joke. He, he said he looked at the time. That's he, when you do crowd work, man. But he said he, his friend only performed for 10 minutes. So he had to think of another fifteen minutes of material, twenty minutes of material on top of his earth for kids. Right, right. But that's that's what you do whenever yeah. if you get uh, ambushed like that, and people are talking to you during your set. Your set's out the window. Don't mm-hmm. even bother with your set. That's that's why you go up on stage as many times as you do. Yeah. Because you want to get the practice of working around other people messing with your material. Do you work on heckling? I heard some comedians work on heckling material. It's like, not it's not working on material. Some people might have it in their hip pocket, yeah. but that's that that's stupid. You should be able to be uh uh like it should come straight off the 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 hip. Something that you wouldn't expect to say ahead of time. You're not you're not planning a chess move whenever mm-hmm. they cuz you don't know what a what anybody off stage is going to say. You just have to work with the crowd. And not sound too mean doing it because that could be the worst thing in the world. Well, I ain't gonna say uh, who, who, who a comedian because she might try to sue me because <laughs> she uh, she might try to boycott me or something because she like to boycott people. Uh-huh. But she I, I didn't heard her, I didn't listen to a lot of her sets and whenever she had a heckler, she always said, uh, "You you you look like the man that just have a small penis." That was always her go to like to the mess with her hecklers. Small penis, small penis, small penis. Right. Yeah. 
So she's a gypsy, <laughs> and somebody tried to run her over, and she just did the gypsy curse of oh penis, yes. thinner, yeah. <laughs> so more manageable. <laughs> so they in this prime, and the clock the clock strike midnight, and then all of a sudden um, we see a montage of five individuals basically uh, being put up into a. Per- Curious situation. And five individuals and a guidance counselor who and we find out counselor. has has a record of killing and raping women yeah. at other schools, but as like most education systems, swept under the rug and just moved on <laughs> to another institution. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you don't you don't need to know any background checks. There's no Carfax yeah. on a guy that's been going around, and he, like he, he's that type of person like Danny Trejo was in Con Air. Mm-hmm. That would have all those uh, roses on yeah. tattooed on the side of his arm for every person he's killed. Like it's not; it doesn't feel like a hidden secret at all. I know you joke about it, but you know that really was a problem <laughs> up until like the two thousands. They really didn't do background check on some of these teachers. They and, may not, and it yeah. really, who wants to be a guidance counselor? So he just was like, uh, "I'm here," and they're like, "Yes, finally, somebody wants to be a guidance counselor." So. Mm-hmm. So they gave him the job. Yeah, why not? And it's uh, it's Kim Coates for anybody that uh, uh, it, it, we looked up the stats on this guy because all I could remember at the time was he was in Waterworld. And I remember <laughs> like Sons of Anarchy. Guy. Yeah, he's he's, he's a tick tigger a ticker. I forgot tigger and um, do pronounce more words. <laughs> <laughs> you like it, huh? Keep going, tigger, <laughs> tigger. But there's other there's other things that you would know. He's a he's a side actor. He's not like top build in anything. The the other five people that are in this also not very recognizable except for the redhead who is Scott Fargus from A Christmas Story and he's been in other things too but I'm just like going off of Scott Fargus there was a uh, I think it was a cold case uh-huh. uh, show that I don't remember why I watched the whole thing because it's usually not the type of film that I or t- TV show I watched but it was available so it was in front of me this guy wins the lottery which is like the best thing that usually that happens to anybody. Mm-hmm. But because he won the lottery, uh, he everything bad starts happening to him. Like the accountant, the person that he gave all the money to, pretty much loses all the money that he has. Of course. And, and all of his friends, he, he spends it wildly sort of thing. And then eventually uh, somebody kills him, but nobody knows who did it. So they have to go and find out who did, who did the killing. His uh, girlfriend, or the one that opens this up, is the waitress from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> so uh, do, you, do you watch oh, It's Always yeah, Sunny? Oh, yeah, the waitress, yeah. yeah the, her name is the waitress. So yeah. it, it, uh, and, um, and the whole cold case is about like the, the, the folly of people who play the lottery sort of thing. But I just remember fo- that the guy that won more? the guy that won was Scott Fargus. That's all I remember. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, the, fo- yeah, the idea – and people see this all the time. Like – you either you either hear good stuff or bad stuff about people that win the lottery. Yeah, but that's life in general, though. People who there was okay. there was a video that they showed recently on Reddit. Um, I might link to it because because it's really like it's just the the woman that is insanely angry. She put her nephew's name on a ticket. This is something they do in Canada. Mm-hmm. Whenever you, you their lottery system, you're supposed to write your name. She put her nephew's name as well for good luck. That's it. That's all she said, just for good luck. When she gets to the the uh, the, the office, uh, because she won one point two million dollars off this ticket, there was a check for her, and there was a check for her nephew. Of course. And her first reaction immediately was, "I'm suing this guy," like suing her nephew because <laughs> she put his name on the ticket. It wasn't even like he was demanding the ticket. Uh huh. She 
put the name on the ticket, and now she is insanely angry because money does this to people. Uh, where where she is so in, incensed that that uh, that he he's going to win this. I'm going to take him to court. But see, you could but see, you could argue that if you didn't put his name on the ticket for luck, you wouldn't have won because yeah. he was luck. Look, there, there, her explanation is stupid, and I'll show I'll show you that video <laughs> okay. afterwards because no because it's it, like just hearing her explain. It's her explanation is I just want money. Like her explanation is stupid. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, I feel you. That that's uh, but but it happens a lot to, uh, to people. It happened to my dad too. Whenever he would go to the same place to buy his lottery tickets, all the time, the guy behind the counter says, "Hey, man, you know if you win this one, you should give us like ten grand." And his reaction should have been, "Sure, yeah," because he's not winning. <laughs> yes, I can understand. Right, that. might as well give all the money that you're never going to win away mm-hmm. because you're never going to win it. Who cares? True. But his reaction was, eh, "I don't know." It's like, when did you get greedy over fake money? This is stupid. Like, he does this with our, uh, us, too. Like, he's told us that he will not give us all. Like, he, he originally talked about giving me and my sister 5% of whatever they win. Mm-hmm. And, I jokingly, <laughs> and I jokingly said I would use the 5% to buy a lawyer to put you guys in a, in a home. Like, I, like I, I was just being like, oh, geez, that should be enough to get a retainer to get a, get a lawyer and get you guys committed. And then after that, it's like, well, I guess I'll just have to put a trust fund. I was like, who the fuck cares? You're not winning the lottery. Oh, man. No. Nobody wins the lottery. That's just that's, that's how it works. There's up there with people who always want something from you and you don't want to do it. And they're like, well, I'm taking you out my will. All right. Sorry. Like, sorry, went, sorry I went on that sidetrack there because it has nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, I was talking does. about an episode of Cold Case <laughs> that starts Scott Fargus. There you like go. That. That's what they got to do oh, with it. No, it doesn't. Yes, we tied the bag in. All but right. anyway, go ahead. Oh, also in this movie. Oh yeah, the whatever nymph is in this, the the guy that's playing the uh, the 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 like not Satan himself, but like one of the uh, lower demons, looks like Ben Stiller raided Blossom's closet. That's basically what it looks mm-hmm. like. Like he's got the '90s Ben Stiller look to him, but with uh, the parted butt hair in the, in the middle, as opposed to the weird fro he would have. Uh, and he'd have like those mirrored sunglasses that Dwayne Wade wore from. Uh, yeah, and from- he definitely would have a hat. Well, he would have worn one of them. Yes, hats. he would have. He would have. He he looks just like Punky Brewster or something. Mm-hmm. Like he, he had that look to him. So uh, it, I don't think it gave a full explanation about what they were do- like. He was doing the whole time. I mean, he even they even had an exposition where they were trying to make this all funny about it. Where he sat uh, two of the six or two of the five people down and explained that sometimes they pull people aside and try to get them to kill themselves to join the club. That's what all of no, this is about. Actually, no, it's a test. Yeah, it's a test, but joining the club. That's no, all that, that, yeah, that's all yeah. they're trying to do. That's where the name of the club comes in. When I heard, like, that's how they're going to get the club thrown in here? Mm-hmm. Stupid. But that's that's just what I thought whenever it happened. You have uh, the five people that survive is very much a breakfast club scenario. Yeah, set you up. got the nerd, No, no the I jock. wouldn't say – I'm not even saying breakfast club. This is more um, – uh, it's Saved by the Bell set up where you have yeah. two guys, two girls, and a dude. The dude is uh, like the one leftover dude is the one that dies first, and he's also the nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two are paired up. One of them, Scott Fargus and his girlfriend. The you other got one, the jock and uh, I guess his well, girlfriend. They're not, yeah, they're not. I'm just saying though, he, he was always the violent one, so I'm just gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah, sure, violent jock that works too. Yeah. But he's impotent like that. Their storyline really doesn't pay off at all. Yeah, uh, in he's just like. He's just angry because he can't have sex with this woman sort of thing. And she's the only one that gets topless in this movie, too. 
There is there is a scene early on where she has a good fake uh, tongue. Like when I saw that tongue, I was like, "Is that CGI? They might have actually used a prosthetic. That's so weird." No, that was a real tongue. No, but but it could have been like a prosthetic or, or CGI because this is like that that year that happened right after when CGI was starting to be used. Uh, just briefly, like they had a couple of CGI shots in this. I mean, this is this is after Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, but not enough yeah. to where it was incorporated by a film of this caliber. Well, no, and this ca- this film was supposed to be a big budget film because okay, I know you're gonna laugh at this, but Corey Haim was supposed to be in this film. Right, but mid '90s Corey Haim. That, yeah. this, this he would have been like a teenage. This is after License to Drive. Like you didn't ha- you have squeezed but every around, li- every bit of life out of Corey. This Haim. around Getaway. Now Getaway was a good, pretty good movie. Yep. Yeah. His films uh, that you should know are Lucas. Uh huh. The Lost Boys, uh-huh. and if you want to dredge something else up, License to Drive. That is it. Hmm. Is there something else? Dream a little dream. No, 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 no. When he started, start when he was in films with Corey Feldman, they went downhill. Uh-huh. Uh- I'm not putting, I'm not putting that on any pedestal whatsoever. But this, the eventually you find out one of the guys uh, with them the whole time, the one that we were mentioning has been Stiller slash Blossom, uh, becomes. Uh, uh, he reveals who he really is about halfway through the movie, and he is uh, trying, as as Herman put it, a test, giving them a, a murder test. Is this is this what we're going to call? It? We're going to call murder the movie test. murder test. Murder test. Uh, I don't know. Hell's test. I don't know. Murder test. That'll work. I, I because we're we're trying to throw in like school in this about <laughs> the test from hell. Yeah. No. No. I, murder <laughs> test works so yeah, much I'm better. Take, I'm take, yeah. No. But, uh, so basically, the the game is you have a choice on whether you're gonna go to hell or not. Basically, is what he's trying to mm-hmm. tell them. And you know, there's some things you go to hell for, like suicide, which is what the um, first kid did, and you know, murder, of course. And basically, standing up for yourself for some reason I, that was kind of more hard to get my brain around that one because two of the people in this movie, well, three of the people, it was like, and, and you know. They didn't do nothing like I would consider going to hell for, you know? <laughs> I was like, okay, so... Sounds like Herman's going to hell. No, 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 <laughs> he's, no, trying no. To, he's trying to make his case. He's like, look, we've all done this. No, one <laughs> I don't girl, know what you're talking about. One girl basically did not stand up to the dude who uh, who basically punched her, like, you know, 100 feet over the over the balcony. Oh, that was yeah, yeah. That was the most ridiculous punch that happened in the movie. Yeah, Eventually, one, when, when the movie gave you the A-OK that everything is back to normal, uh, after the two main characters that weren't anybody that you'd recognize ended up uh, going through the gauntlet and burning the guidance counselor to death, even though they really didn't burn him, uh, eventually goes back to our second couple with Scott Fargus and, and, the, and his lady. He gets impotent again. Uh, they get into a fight. He slaps her to a point where it knocks her back over a railing and down where everybody is uh, watch like is dancing. So he goes to jail. She goes to an ambulance and eventually, you know, like the grave or whatever. Uh, and then we start getting into other conversations with people that weren't in the movie up until this yeah. point. <laughs> this movie did not know when to end. That was funny because I was like. Where did these people come from? He just... Right. This other couple would have been more interesting, though, yeah. than Scott Fargus and his girlfriend or the main two couple, where you find out one of them is pregnant, and the dude's reaction to it is like, how can you do that? <laughs> no, this... Like, he forgot how, how, how these things work, but that is a reaction I'm sure has happened with dudes before. But that would have been a great couple to have in this world, upside-down world that existed for the time being, mm-hmm. especially instead of, like, 
that one guy that was uh, an editor to the newspaper. Like his his was just like stupid. Like he kills himself with a guillotine. You're like whatever, okay. It turns out this place that they were staying at had tons of torture devices. Uh, that, castle. That, yeah, sure, as most <laughs> castles do. Yes. Uh, so uh, this this film, I wouldn't say is not entertaining, or it's definitely not the worst or the best. It's it's somewhere in the middle of like. I can't recommend this, but it does so many weird things and makes so many weird choices to where I I can understand why people would want to see this movie. Nah. It's not great, but it's 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 perplexing in its uh in its mediocrity let at me, points. Let me ask you. This reminds me of a lot of films in the mid nineties that seemed like we was um Oh, it definitely had a lot of nineties going to it, yes. Yeah, it seemed like we was uh pro- we was fixed on fixation on hell, like purgatory and the choices you make for hell, like uh, you ever seen Tales from the Hood? <laughs> you know that old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tales from the Hood, like these these guys died. I thought you were gonna go with Hellraiser of all. Well, yeah, okay, that, that's yeah. all Hellraiser okay, is. But I mean, the first thing I thought about was Tales from the Hood, and like you know, just playing with them, like they they going Siri, to hell. What, you what know? film talks about the you going to hell? Tales from the Hood. Oh, I was wrong. Everyone <laughs> was right. Oh, what am I going to do? Pur- pur- a lot of these purgatory movies and stuff. I just felt like this was like, what was I deal in the mid nineties? <laughs> were we obsessed with like uh, the Devil's Advocate? Were we obsessed with hell or some shit? Like you know, the, this movie. Uh, the reason that whole thing exists is a way for you to not be sure when you're waking up or away from whatever they've set up the dream sort mm-hmm. of thing. It has that. It has too many of that moment where you're like, "Well, did that just happen?" Now I can't believe you move. You're crying wolf too many times for this to happen. Uh, so, so you've lost me on any sort of scares that happen. It's just more like the performance of the uh, the devil that I would say see this because he is definitely inspired in some way by Jim Carrey. Like this is definitely like Jim Carrey while he was on in Living Color time. That's exactly how he acted. But this guy's trying to be too cool for school at the same time. So just imagine Ben Stiller acting like Jim Carrey. That's about what happened. We, where we, how we get this devil guy? But it made it more interesting. Like he wasn't annoyingly bad. Mm-hmm. He was just taking steps that you didn't expect to see in this movie because it kept itself very seriously for like the first thirty minutes. I would have preferred preferred more Kim Coates in this movie. He needed to be more the devil. Yeah. Because he's more of an interesting actor. He is. He uh, is. And I know that would be weird to say because he's, what, 30-something in this film? Although everybody that's a high schooler in this will look like they're in their mid-20s. At first, I, I wasn't sure if he was going to be uh, a high schooler or not. <laughs> Did you get that impression that yeah, he was? that's why I started laughing. I thought he was like the, the douche. He looked like he was going to be the douche senior, you know? Right, right. It, there was no, like... Whenever he eventually lets lets off that he's part of the establishment, then it was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. But I would have been fine with him being a student just because uh, his choices on his acting are so much more uh, insane and would have made this film a lot better. He's not in this film for, for much. So no. if you try to see it because of him, he's maybe in it for like 20, 25 minutes. That's about it. Not much. Uh, so... Because he's not one of the main kids. He's just like holograms or like uh, illusions made by the devil at points, but bleh, whatever. So we're renaming this one uh, a Murder Test, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely Club. This is one of the easiest um, podcasts we did because with name charts, because I was like the first movie just had it easy with the club, and this one was, I was like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, they, it, felt, it felt ringed in. There was no need for it, but... But to be fair to both of these movies, like 
the movie that uh, this this was made in Canada, and the other club was in Australia. They they probably would have never crossed paths on the Venn diagram. They would have never seen each other, sort of thing. This isn't a movie that's trying to take advantage of a title and trying to use it, sort of thing. It, mm. It's just there. That's all it is. You think you think this movie was more inspired by the club anti theft device that they used in the nineties, also. It's around that time yeah. because um, whenever Swingers came out, that that would be the benchmark of when the club was being used. I know I used it on my car, mm-hmm. uh, and I would have been seventeen when this movie came out. So yes, <laughs> I didn't have a car when it came out. Right, right. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I had an '85 uh, uh, um, Grand Am that mm-hmm. I assumed people would steal that cost. Twelve hundred bucks that I that had one hundred sixty thousand miles on. <laughs> that's fun. That's a whole other side thing. Like my first car I bought in nineteen ninety seven was a seventy uh, eighty or seventy nine like um, Honda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, I did like um, have a club on the car, and I was like, "Why would somebody try to steal my five hundred dollar car?" Right. Yeah. There's there's an onion article where some where it says five hundred dollar uh, stereo put into four hundred dollar car. That's basically was my car because I I really wanted a nice stereo and mm-hmm. I got one of the ones where you got to remove the face. I had that one too on yeah. my Buick Electra. And uh, uh, one of my buttons busted one time, so uh, so the volume kept <laughs> rising. <laughs> I actually had to go to Circuit City and buy a warranty in order to, for them to give me a new face. I was like, oh geez, this is so weird. So, yeah, yeah, I was more concerned with the stereo. It's, but anyway, uh, yeah. uh, we, we've hit enough yeah, yeah. where we yeah, talk yeah, about this. Try, uh, do you, you, you want to get off the rest of the Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking too much about nonsense. <laughs> Herman, you want to you mention where you where you are in about town or anything? No, not really. I'm, I'm cool. You see Herman around back <laughs> Say hi to him. If you see me, yeah. see me. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you want to make any suggestions for this or any of the other sister podcasts that exist on the Red Stick Network, Contact us or anybody over at therichdick.com slash content. No, I don't think there's a slash. Just therichdick.com and find us. For another That Can Be Only One podcast, my name is Robert Rao. Herman Omega Prime Davis. Hey, I am. Yes, I see that. I just sat down. I'm looking at um, Star Wars figurines and uh, what kind of trees? The best tree. Wait, I gotta get my Christmas tree or something? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you got you got the you, you know when you decorate the yeah. bonsai tree, you know, like when you go around. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I'm looking at it. I see you got the thing on here. You know, I want to watch the the thing and um, little big big trouble in little China double feature last night, and uh, talking to some people about the thing and then. I didn't realize some people have so many different uh, theories about the thing ending, about who's the alien, Kurt Russell's alien, or was it Keek David character's alien? You need to like, see the Red Letter Media version of that. Like They just recently did the thing. They basically just said, no, it's just meant to be ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. So, so you you, uh, you talking to people are just people looking for theories. Mm-hmm. You just basically talk to a whole bunch of flat earthers is what you did. Yeah, I was... Or like, people that, that think that there's chemical streams going up in the air. That's all you're, all you're paying attention to. Isn't that everyday people? People think the earth is flat. People think that if you drink um, water from New Orleans, you're going to get high on crack because we've got a lot of crack in the water. Is that so? Yeah, but actually they did take a test of the New Orleans water, and they found trace amounts of cocaine and other stuff in the water. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that is kind of true. Good to know. Yeah. All right, let's get started. Okay.